never forget why you are the church. Praise the Lord. I tell you, you know, sometimes it takes having to trust him to trust him. Amen. Sometimes it takes a situation in your life that you wish maybe never happened. But if you really look back on it, or maybe you look at the situation you're in right now correctly, you can see that God is trustworthy. But so often that, that scripture or that, that uh, the, the verse that we sang when it said, I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. That word sought doesn't mean just pray one time. That doesn't mean just, oh, no, I got to pray. No, that, that's you sought after the Lord. You went after him. You kept on praying. You kept on seeking. And the Lord answered. So, amen. We're going to continue our series of messages this morning. Picking up the pieces. Now, before we get started, I want you to just kind of real quick, whatever, um, maybe. And, and listen, I, I, this, this may be out of pocket or whatever, but whatever is keeping you from joy this morning. Whatever is keeping certain people or certain whoever you are out there, because there's certain times to where and I don't I almost wish I didn't have it because I know people get tired of me doing this kind of stuff. But there's certain times to where I really feel a barrier before I preach. There's certain times to where, man, it just seems like, you know, we're here, but we're not here. So I'm going to challenge you right now. Whatever is keeping you from your joy, let me just tell you, it's not the Lord. God has not taken your joy. God is the giver of joy. So if you're here and you're absolutely miserable, there's something wrong, and I'm just going to be with you. And I just want you to know, if you're not open for the word this morning, this message is not going to be fun. So figure it out. If there's sin in your life, repent. And hey, listen, I'm glad we're here this morning. I'm glad we're here. And I get it. Sometimes life will get you down. But so often, man, we like to point the finger, point the finger, point the finger. Let me just tell you something. Sometimes I got to sit down and say, Jacob, it's your fault. Don't say amen to that. <laughs> Put your name in that sentence. But anyway, I hope we have realized that God's word truly has the answers we need, even though we may not like them. Amen. But they are answers that we need. I say this because too many people separate the spiritual from the practical. I love when people go to, to, to different people to get uh, an answer and they won't stop until they find the answer they want. They go to different pastors or different preachers. And let me just tell you something. Not every preacher thinks the same. Not every preacher believes the same. Not every preacher is willing to give a hard answer. So you, you can find even a preacher that will help you justify what you got going on in your life. But let me just tell you something. When you get the answer that you need, it may hurt. It may not feel good. Uh, but they are the answers that we have to have. And we have an issue sometimes because we separate the spiritual from the practical. We often separate biblical truths with what we label as common sense. Now, I have, I have found that that sense that I just mentioned is not as common as it used to be. Amen. Uh, all you got to do is work in the school system for a little bit. You'll see our kids have no common sense or go to a youth trip at any time and you'll see that our students have no common sense sometimes or even go uh, to church with all the people and see that sometimes common sense is not as common as what you would think. But I have found the scripture says it like this. Uh, and we're going to read that here in a second. But you may think there and you say, well, I know what the Bible says, but that just won't work in my life. I've had people come to my office and they would say they'll say, well, you know, what? listen, I know what you're going to tell me, but just hear me out. 
Preacher, I know, I know, I know what the Bible says, but it's just not going to work. At that point, as your biblical counselor, my job is pretty much done because you've already answered the question. But if you want the actual answer we need, you've got to go to the word and you've got to apply it. Amen. Now, we must understand that God's word applies to every corner of our lives. It is sufficient for our every need to neglect it is to neglect the truth that we need. It's only by the truth can we build a life glorifying to God. As a matter of fact, Matthew chapter seven says this. Therefore. Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And then the next verse says, And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built the house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Now, why am I introducing it? And you may have already seen on the screen. What is the next part of our life that we're going to look at scripture about? Picking up the pieces in our health. Picking up the pieces in our health. This is a topic most would avoid in the pulpit. As a matter of fact, I tell you, this is the closest I've ever been to avoiding a topic in the pulpit because what do I brag about? I love pizza. I love that black box special Domino's, right? I love, listen, I love, I love Wendy's, right? They, I don't know. I'm not trying to promote Wendy's. I, I'm just saying their pretzel bun uh, baconator, that's something different. Have y'all had that yet? Oh, my goodness. Y'all looking like it wouldn't be good. Some of y'all literally looking at me right now physically with a face like that would be disgusting. You need to live life. You know what I'm saying? Get you, get you a pretzel bun baconator. So I understand how sensitive this topic is. I stand before you not as a picture of perfect health. Most of you know me as sickly, right? I get sick and I stay sick and I complain about all that good stuff, but I'm not standing before you as self-righteous in this. I, too, struggle with motivation sometimes. I, too, am tempted to not care about my health all the time. I get it. But God uh, desires us to be healthy. And our main text today explains why. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Everyone turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And while you're turning there, you know, health looks different for everybody. This is not a, this is not a message to call out any particular uh, uh, kind of, we're looking at the scripture that is overreaching, overarching over the entire topic. You say, well, if somebody is somebody skinny, there, there's skinny people that are unhealthy. There's people that struggle with their weight that are healthy. So, so again, I told you this is going to be a very, uh, very specific topic, but understand what I'm not saying. What I'm saying, we are looking at the reason why God desires us to be healthy. So 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20 says this, what? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? which you have of God and you are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. If you want a title, you can have one. It's God honoring health. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this morning. God, I have been convicted over this text and over this scripture all week. And I find myself even sometimes in this situation, even in the conviction, uh, God, it's very, very easy just to go through the motions when it comes to our health, when it comes to my health. 
So, Lord, I pray that we understand exactly what your word says and we understand why we ought to be healthy, Lord. And it simply is so we can continually and without hindrance serve you. So, God, I pray, Lord, those that have ears to hear, let them hear. God, I pray that if there's someone here who's lost, Lord, I pray today they may be saved. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I have read chapter 6, and I understand that contextually this verse is talking about sexual sin. If, if you look at, the, at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, then you talk about marriage and, and all that stuff in chapter 7. So this contextually uh, is talking about that kind of sin. But, but, but here's the thing. Our bodies are not to be given over to our fleshly lust. And this includes much more than just sexual sin. Health is included. Think about it. In church culture, one of the most, did you realize that one of the most unhealthiest cultures is Baptist church culture? Think about that. Anyone ever heard of fried chicken? Listen, I, I, never, I never forget, I came here. I took this church, I was like 175 pounds, man, 180 pounds, dude. And then I learned this thing called a potluck. Anyone know what a potluck is? And listen, we used to throw down on some potlucks. Right? I'm talk- and we still do, but we kind of do them differently to where we kind of, you know, do me. But our potlucks, man, we would have, you'd have lasagna, you'd have chicken and dumplings, you'd have meatloaf, you'd have another thing, you'd have tacos all on the same table, you know what I'm saying? That's, that is a, that is a pot. And then the fried chicken, of course, would be with the lights on it and everything and the music's around and everything. You know, that's how it'd be. And then, of course, you got the sweet tea. Listen, hey, it's very easy to think, man, you know what? I just want to be happy. I want to do what I want. And, and that includes the way we treat our bodies. And man, do I love eating and fellowshipping. As a matter of fact, I sat there, we, we were recording a, a episode of the podcast and I sat there and, and and, and it was as if there was just an empty, uh, there was a hole in my stomach. You know what I'm saying? And I just kept on eating. And I literally, I kid you not, I instantly thought, man, I'm preaching on health on Sunday. Let, 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 me, let, me, put, let me put this snack down. <laughs> but I didn't, Kenny, did I? I just kept on eating. But anyway. <laughs> but in general culture, we, we work. We go home. We eat what we can. And then usually on the couch until we eventually go to bed. All this doesn't have to have a negative impact until it does. Well, preacher, I've worked real hard. I I can do what I want to do. Yes, you can. We got to make sure that as we go through those motions and motions and motions, what will happen is your body will pay the consequence of it. Listen, I have a recliner in the bonus room. I have a comfortable couch in the living room. Understand what I'm don't don't hear what I'm not saying. So if we are going to honor God with our bodies, we need to face some reality checks. Has anyone ever ever had a reality check to where it happens and they're like, man, okay, now I got to do something. My reality check was about a year ago when I was, you know, just a mere 27 years old, right? I'm I'm just a mere 28 years old now. You know what I'm saying? That's a year ago. And I'll never forget, I got out of bed and, you know, I I jump out of bed, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that right there. I'm just, I'm ready. I'm ready to take on the day. You know what I'm saying? I'm that kind of person when it comes to getting up. But this morning was a little bit different. Whew. So I'm laying on the bed, and I do my typical, huh, and all of a sudden, it went, I was like, huh. I'm like, that ain't, just, that ain't real. <laughs> like that right there. Listen, I was like, listen. And I'm like, it's going to go away before lunchtime. And I go to lunch. Right. And I'm thinking, man, what's going on? And and what what that did is a reality check for me. I was letting things happen that I should not 
let happen. So we're going to have to get some reality checks. And I found that it takes this to get our attention. So reality check number one, first and foremost, your body, yes, yours, yes, mine, is not your own. Look back at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. It says in verse 19, what? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever driven a car that is not yours? I have too. Whether it's helping a friend get somewhere, or maybe they're trying to drop something off and you got to follow them and it's whatever it is. You're, you're, you're in a car that is not yours, right? And so, you know, you're, you're, you're driving it. I don't know about you, but in that situation, I find myself driving quite differently in someone else's car. You say, well, what are you talking about? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting up. I'm 10 to 2. I'm not messing with the radio. I got the mirrors all where they need to be, and I'm doing this right here. And if there's, two, two, if there's someone else in the car, I'm like, shush, I'm trying to drive. And that's what I do, right? Why? Because that's not my car. Now, it's very different when you get in your own car. By the way, if you drive someone's car and don't care the consequences, you might be a criminal. You might have stolen that car. But if it's just a friendly situation, surely you drive it safe, right? But then you get to your own car. Now, I'm not, listen, do not come to me after service and be like, Pastor Jacob, you need to sit up while you drive. As a matter of fact, you go to your sweet little pastor's wife, Heather. When we were in high school, she had a Chrysler 300, all right? She got it from her mama. Actually, Kim at first had a Chrysler 300 and probably sat the same way in her car. But listen, I'll never forget, Heather would drive up to a situation, right? And she, you couldn't see her. All you could see was a little, little pretty hand, just like that right there. And I'm telling you what, she'd come up and she'd have the music, all that stuff. You say, not Heather. Yes, Heather. Look, Kim knows. Yes, Heather. I'm saying like, man, I'm about to marry me a thug. But anyway, look, so, so she'd have her hand up there just like that, right? And I'm saying, where's she at? Amber, you remember? I'm just how she was. Right? And I'd be looking at, she'd be like this right here. She'd be like, what's up? I'm like, no, no. No, she wouldn't do that. But anyway, so, don't, so if you're going to get on anybody, go get on to Miss Heather. But you get to your own car, right? Uh, things are a little bit different, right? You know, you might be laid back a little bit, one hand on the steering wheel, messing with the radio. It's not as big of a deal when I'm in my own car. Church, so many of us treat our bodies like we own them. We have gotten comfortable abusing what God has not only created, but has purchased. Look again at verse 20. For ye are bought with a price. God saved my soul, my body, doesn't matter. That's what I hear. Well, if, 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 as long as my soul is saved, my body doesn't matter. Well, hold on now. Look at verse 20. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, before we go any further, I want to clarify here. Understand that health problems are not always a result of bad habits or how we eat and live. Uh, sometimes people just get sick. Sometimes health issues just happen. Uh, but there is a reason for even them just happening. There is a reason that we have sickness on earth. There is a reason that we have pain. There's a reason for all these things. And that reason is very simple. It is sin. See, God did not create man and, and woman to die. But when man allowed sin into the world, their bodies began to die. Now, there are certain health elements, and you, you might actually have some of these and, or struggle with some of these, uh, that is literally a result of sin after generation after generation after generation, all the way back to Adam, 
But you're, if someone has a heart disease, it's hereditary. Guys, I'm not saying that it's because, because I'm not saying, oh, because your daddy, whatever. But I'm saying because your daddy's 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 daddy. Sin. You might just have asthma. The condition you have might have might just been a random mutation, might be completely random. But all of it is a result of the world's sin. But we cannot allow what we cannot control to stop us from doing what we can. Now, why does this matter? Well, Because your body, again, is not your own. It is God's. We are not to treat it like it is our own. We are not to abuse it. We are, we, are, we are not to be apathetic towards it. This is a precious thing to God. As a matter of fact, God sent his only begotten son, Jesus, so that we could be saved from the effects of sin that our body experiences. So that's reality check number one. I knew it'd be quiet. Y'all still with me? Y'all still happy? Y'all love me? That's okay. I love y'all too. Mercy. Reality check number two. Your body must be under control. Now, this is where I struggle. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 4, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Now, again, this contextually, listen here, this contextually is speaking on lust of the flesh, right? But understand that lust of flesh goes much further than what we immediately think when we think about lust. As a matter of fact, in 1 John chapter 2, it says this, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So we got to understand that, that, that word lust. That word lust means desire. It means craving. It means longing, a desire for what is forbidden. When you were a kid, if you were told you can't have something, forget being a kid. When you get told you can't have something, what does that, what does that put in your spirit? What does that just put in your mind, your heart? What you want? You want that something, right? That's, that's, just, that's just plain and simple. I remember when when I when I was a kid and and it, it would be hey hey I want to go here I want to go there and they said no you can't do that man I'm telling you what I would that's what I would want or, or let's just say the dinner table right they got a dinner table all good and maybe it's Thanksgiving or or Christmas and 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 I'm going and man I'm looking at all the nice food and I I just I just want a deviled egg that's all I want I just want a deviled egg that's all I want I just want a deviled egg you know just right now I don't want to wait I just want a deviled egg so I grabbed it and you know what that does that makes me want that deviled egg even more that's the lust of our flesh, that desire, that longing. Now, how does this apply to our health? Well, think about some of the things that can hinder our health. And, and you're thinking, I'm just talking about food. No, absolutely not. That's an easy target, but what about smoking? What about drugs, no matter what kind? Prescription or not? Now, hey, listen, if it helps, it helps, but hey, we're not to abuse that. Because in abusing that, guess what we do? We abuse our bodies. I'm going to get voted out before 2024. Huh. How about alcohol? Ooh. You know what's so funny to me? I find that the people that say, well, you're supposed to drink in moderation don't even know how to spell moderation. No, seriously, though, what about alcohol? Alcohol ain't good for you. 
You do realize that. You say, well, you know, a glass of wine with my steak, that's all fine and dandy. Whatever. We, we can have a discussion on that later. But all I'm trying to say is, hey, uh, more people than not abuse alcohol. Therefore, they abuse their body. Why? Because there's a longing. There's a craving. You say, well, I don't, I don't struggle with any of those. I'm a, I'm a good Baptist. Okay, what about sodas? Well, I drink diet. Okay, how about aspartame? Man, you see where we could go with this? What I'm trying to say is this. Anything that you do in excess that will hinder your body is abuse to your body. I'm not saying that if you go out on a Friday night and get some pizza, you can't have a soda. But what I'm trying to say, listen, what I'm trying to say is that if you are constantly feeling bad, if you're constantly being hindered and, and, and you look at your life pattern and you look at what you're putting in your body, and you look at how you're treating your body, there has to be a reason. And more often than not, it's something that we can prevent. I'll never forget it. I, I did a, anyone ever heard that uh, 75 day hard challenge? No? Okay. Well, it was 75 days and it was supposed to be hard. You're supposed to do something. Um, for 75 days, now there's a lot of other stuff, but I skipped all that stuff. Uh, so I just, I just picked one particular thing, and I was like, you know what? I, I'm getting too much into sodas. I'm going to do no sodas, no diet, no nothing, just water. And, and, and I think it was like maybe I don't the little squirt things that have, you know, no aspartame, but it has all the other, you know, preservatives in it. But either way, that's what I was going to do for 75 days, and I did it. And let me explain something to you. The first few days, it's hard, man. You ever, have you ever craved a soda? Mercy. Right? It's difficult. Why? Because you find out that you're addicted to certain things. You find out that you're being controlled. You find out that, that, that in, certain, in certain times you're thinking, man, again, whether it's smoking, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, what we eat or what we drink on a regular basis, do we have control in these areas? Are we willing to do what we need to do to put our bodies under control? Again, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, that every one of you should know how to possess 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Can you go back? Man. Possess his body in sanctification and honor. Boom. I think that's what it is. Amen. Now you say, well, what, what does that matter? There it is. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Now, you sit there and say that phrase, should know. I want you just to look in your Bible and look at that phrase. Should know indicates a process of discerning and discovering. I want you to hear the NIV rendering of this. It says this, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. We are told to learn how to control our bodies. Now, how is this possible? Well, Scripture gives us an example. Look at Ephesians 5.18. And be not drunk with wine where is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Why would it tell us not to get drunk with wine? Well, what, again, what does alcohol do to your body? When you start drinking alcohol, you start losing control a little bit. You say, ah, I don't get that way until I'm way far in. Hold on. No, 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 no. You start to lose control slowly. The remedy is to be filled with the Spirit. Why? Part of the fruit of the Spirit, according to Galatians 5, is self-control. In the KJV, it is rendered temperance. So how do we put our bodies under control? We first surrender control to God through His Spirit. Then under his authority, we utilize common sense and resources to learn how to keep our bodies. In other words, you say, well, Jacob, you need to be vegan. Probably not. Jacob, you need to be a vegetarian. Probably not. 
different bodies react to different things. But scripturally, it tells us we are to learn how to keep our body under control. Addiction is real, but so is God. Amen. Addiction can cause much damage to our health, but God can heal. It may be through a process, but it can be done. Well, I'm not addicted. Well, it doesn't have to be, again, drugs and alcohol to be a, an addiction. Just because something is easy to get doesn't make it good. If you hear anything, hear this. In our culture, everything's easy to get. Doesn't make it good. Well, I can do what I want, preacher. And again, I'll tell you, yes, you can. I am free in Christ. As a matter of fact, if you find me really hungry and I'm going to Domino's, I'll probably say the same thing to you. Well, preacher, you know what you preached on Sunday. Yeah, but I'm really hungry. Right? You, you see what I'm saying? I, I get it. It's tough. Well, I'm free in Christ. So, so, so you, there's, there's, I don't need to be put on any bondage or anything like that. Well, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 12 says this. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. In other words, just because you can doesn't mean you should. You say, well, how about physical fitness? Because all we've been talking about is eating. Well, we love to quote 1 Timothy 4.8. I love this. In the church, we sit there and say, well, we'll preach your 1 Timothy 4.8. 1 Timothy 4.8. Let's look at it right here. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. And to that, I say what? What should we say to that? Amen. Right? Amen. Right? I get it. I understand it. Godliness is more important than anything. But I have always been taught that a prophet, even a little prophet, is better than no prophet. Listen, guys, you're going to have to get with me. Well, the scripture says that, bo that bodily exercise profiteth little, but it does profit. We were created to be active. Now, that may look different for everyone, but bodily exercise does benefit you. And that leads right into reality check number three. Your body is to help and not hurt. Speaking of physical exercise, according to the CDC, the prophet that us Bible believers call little is physically great. It helps everything. Brain function, weight management, cardiovascular health, reduces serious outcomes of infectious diseases, can, can, can uh, even daily, it can lower risk of some, of some cancers, improve ability to do activities. But this statistic is what scared me and caught my attention. An estimated 110,000 deaths per year could be prevented if U.S. adults ages 40 and older increase their activity level. Uh, even 10 minutes a day would help, they say. Taking more steps a day helps lower the risk of premature death from all causes. Why does any of this matter? Why are you preaching this to us? 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you? which you have of God and you are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Our mission here on earth is to bring glory and honor to God, not just in spirit, but also in our bodies, being, being able to go and do. Church, we say all the time, I'm ready to go, and we should be. But may I live a long life if the Lord tarries. Why? To serve him more, to bring more lost uh, souls to him. And our bodies ought to help in this mission and not hurt it. Your physical health matters. Do not allow your health, what you can control, to prevent your mission. Yes, you can be used greatly for God regardless of the situation. God can use anybody. Amen. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. 
in reality, it doesn't matter the health of God using you, but we're talking about being able to be used by God more and more and more. John shows us this balance in the third John chapter one. It says, beloved, this is Paul. This is John speaking. Sorry. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. And you say, preacher, you sounds really good. You're in your 20s. Everything's fine. Let me hey, understand something. I have learned that it is very easy to not care about the things that are easy to not care about. And for us, for a, for a group, for a, for an, for a gathering, for, for a church, for a people, a culture, we live in a society that is self-lavishing. What we want, we get. If we have that desire, if we have that hunger, we go fulfill it. I'm talking from experience here. God said, God never said that it would be easy to follow him. God never said that it, that it would, that, that it would just be a simple thing. Oh, once you get saved, there's not going to be any problems, never, no hurdles, no difficulties. But what he did say is that our bodies are where the Holy Spirit dwells. And our bodies are the units, are the vessels by which we are to honor him and to live in sanctification. So do we have God honoring health? The reason why I preach this now and not uh, in about two weeks is because I refuse to preach a health message the day before the new year. <laughs> that, would be, uh, that would be not smart. But I can tell you this. Listen, hey, I can tell you this, that God desires us to be healthy. God desires us to serve him as long as he tarries. God desires us to be able to control our bodies, and he desires us to do all this so, again, we can glorify him. So this morning, as, as, as irritating as the message was, as, as uh, hard it was, trust me, if you think it was hard to listen to, try preaching it. But do we have God honoring health? Or are we in the process of learning how to get there? Not saying we're going to be perfect. Not saying we won't stumble and fall. As a matter of fact, this is over-encompassing. I'm not just talking about the adults. I'm not, if, if you look at the generation of children that we have growing up, they have no idea about health. I'll, I'll, coach, I'll coach PE, or not coach, I'll teach PE, and we got kids that can't do a push-up from K through 8. I got, we got kids that can't run from this point to that point. Why? Because what do we do? We, we, we allow them to go home, sit in the game system, eat the Cheetos, and we say, hey, they're just a kid. Church, listen, health should be something that we all care about. Why? Because we all care about being able to, as long as we can, serve our Savior. So it has about eyes closed this morning. Do we have God?